The natural earth is a place of surprises, a land of endangered beauty and fascinating animals, where wildlife and wildlands continue to amaze. In the lush and gorgeous land of Northern California lies the rarest of all species, the elusive George Lucas. On a Saturday in the October of 2020, this exotic gray-haired plaid shirt-wearing creature was spotted on a Zoom call to virtual students in the East Harlem Exodus School in New York City. Join us now as Blast Points Podcast examines this rare sighting that can only be described in one single word. Lucas. This is Jason. And this is Gabe. And somehow, George Lucas has returned. <laughs> He's back loose in the real world. And there's proof. Somebody captured footage. The one thing about Lucas, he's always popping up when you least expect it. <laughs> yeah, he's keeping his uh, his new thing now that he's in retirement of just wandering into other people's videos. And this time, his wife is doing a video and... He just kind of wanders in the room and becomes part of the conversation. I think the the wonderful documentary where they're filming on the streets of Chicago and he famously just wandered across the frame. It was a couple years ago where people were asking him for autographs and the classic, you got to go out and get a job. <laughs> just every once in a while, you got to catch up and see just what George Lucas is up to because we want we all want to know. We all care about it. We all, is he okay? What's he, what is he doing? You know, 2020 was a crazy year. How did George Lucas deal with it? Where, what's he doing? Right. Not only how is he doing? Yeah. Where is George Lucas? Is he in LA? Is he in another country? Is he in San Francisco? Do we know? It looks like maybe he's in his house. He says it's his house. We don't know which house, but he's in one of his houses. So the deal is, just about a week ago, this video appeared on YouTube. But it, it's been there for a while. It was recorded 
and released on October 16th of last year of 2020. But I feel like people just kind of discovered that it existed about a week ago or two weeks ago or whatever. And it was part of the East Harlem School at Exodus House. And it was part of their their guest speaker series. If you go on their YouTube page, I want to go to the East Harlem School at Exodus House. I th- I guarantee that all the kids there, all the the seventh graders there, are, I think they're all smarter than me, probably. <laughs> but they have an amazing virtual school program. Like they had David Duchovny as a guest speaker. They had tons of people that I've never even heard of coming up and showing up on like I think it's like guest speaker Thursdays or something. It's like a day of the week where part of the virtual learning they're doing. They had these people come on and give inspirational talks to the kids. It's amazing. Yeah, I think, wasn't it the, they, they call it the Devon Summer Speaker Series, something like that, that went throughout the summer. But they called it the summer, well, no, so this video must have been filmed in the summer, but ended up online in the fall, because um, they talk about how this is just the, was just the second one in the series. And the main person that they were talking to for their, their guest speaker series was the great Melody Hobson. And we kind of got to stop right there and just give a huge shout out and recognition to the awesomeness that is Melody Hobson. Yeah, she's great. And the fact that the two of them joined forces on this planet is kind of amazing. Businesswoman, CEO, chairperson of Starbucks, former chairperson of DreamWorks, on the Forbes list of the 100 most powerful women in America. Aside all that, I think she is one of the most interesting people probably in the world. And she, yeah, she just happens to be married to that weird George Lucas guy who just wanders into frames and says something totally insane. Well, and it's one of those things, yeah, you look at her and she is... Very smart, very successful. She could be with anyone. Yes. And why is she with George Lucas? But then you see them together and you realize that there's something there. There's something there. And they're a real life Anakin and Padme in a way, I think. I want to be Melody Hobson when I grow up. I know. I don't think there's much of a hope. (laughs) It's a little late for that. (laughs) But when I was watching this video again today to get ready for this episode, I was just like, God, she... I want her to give me virtual inspiring visits and just talk to me about like life and moving forward and feeling good about everything. I don't know. I just think she is, uh, yeah, I just think she's incredible and fascinating. You know, we, we love George Lucas fiercely. And that's the thing. Like we just want George Lucas to be happy because we, I always think back to those, I think it was the, special on like 2020 or something for phantom menace when that came out and there's like francis coppola he's so picky we <laughs> i'm like they're even talking to spielberg they're talking to like lucas's best buddies about like oh, i don't he's right. still single i don't know what the deal is <laughs> like a like a jedi or like palpatine himself he's patient and he sat back and he waited for the perfect person <laughs> and he found her in the end, yeah, we just we want George to be happy. We don't want him to be alone. I don't know what he does when he's alone. I can't even imagine. He always had his kids, but his kids were getting older. His kids were going off to school. I can't imagine George Lucas. Well, I've 
Guess there are any race shows on? <laughs> any drag drag strip racing shows or anything? He's just driving around town looking for street races to watch. Guess I'll watch this droopy dog cartoon. <laughs> so since this video has kind of come out and uh, is is gotten a little bit of attention it's it's interesting how it's been kind of adopted by some star wars youtubers you know you know you know how it goes over there and kind of adding fuel to their kind of anti disney and anti everything anti fun kind of narrative they they go on and on about it's interesting that they in a lot of these videos they just com- completely skip over all the melody hops and stuff in the beginning which is sad, but it's not surprising. As much as we love Lucas and we celebrate Lucas and all of his quirks and all of his strangeness, and we're going to a lot coming up, I guess that's the thing. It's like to to understand who this person we've admired for our entire lives is today. Listen to his best friend and his wife here talk in the beginning because she explains it all. Well, I and the thing with all this I think is really great too is it's very much it's Star Wars in the real world because Melody's on there talking to these black and Hispanic kids about what it's like to be a successful woman in the United States, to be a successful African American woman, and the struggles that she's gone through in her career and in her life. So it's very serious and very kind of important information. And then it's also then mixed in with Grandpa Lucas rambling on about Star Wars. And it is the the wonderful like juxtaposition of like serious and silly that kind of is the core of Star Wars. And it's like here it is in the real world and here it is in their relationship with these two people where they're kind of like the living embodiment of Star Wars. And it's, I don't know, it's just... It's kind of perfect that this is where George Lucas ended up in his uh, retirement years. I don't know. It's just, it's perfect. Because these kids are asking incredibly intelligent, timely questions. And our best friend, George Lucas, keeps turning everything back to Star Wars. And it kind of reminds me of, you know, like something we all have experienced in our daily life where you know, it's somebody's talking about something really serious and important. And we just out of the, you know, it, it kind of reminds me of the making of a new hope. <laughs> Did you know that ILM only had one shot finished by the time they were done filming in the UK? That has nothing to do with what we're talking about. Yeah. You're hearing about the, you know, something on the news and you're like, man, that's just like Saboba. This reminds me of the pod race. Glad to see we're not alone. The The video has been uh, since made uh, private on the East Harlem School's YouTube page, which is sad because I can imagine what the comments were like when some people got a hold of that. It's been reposted, though, so and we'll, we'll have the link in uh, the episode's show notes uh, so you can watch the full video. I'm glad somebody reposted it because it is something that people should watch kids grown-ups everybody because i mean going into this i knew melody hobson from like a wikipedia page and like little bits of news you would see pop up every once in a while but i didn't you know it was great hearing her story out of her mouth 
<laughs> and the only way to make it better is to, yeah, have George Lucas in sweatpants just kind of show up every once in a while to chime in. <laughs> I can't I can't wait for the day in the future when he just starts wandering into like reality TV shows or something. <laughs> wait a minute, is that George Lucas? <laughs> What's happening here? Reminds me turn the Jedi. Do you remember ancient Rome? <laughs> just like ancient Rome. So many people don't accomplish what they should accomplish in their lives because of fear. And I always ask myself, what is the worst thing that could happen to me? And so many people sit it out or don't speak in meetings and don't do things because they're afraid. And bravery is not the absence of fear, it's overcoming it. Courage is overcoming fear, not everyone feels fear. But what do you do when that fear is there? Do you stare it in the eye and stare it down? Or do you allow it to defeat you? And I have to tell you one people, person who's taught me a lot about bravery. So I've decided to bring my own um, show and tell today. So you know that I'm married to this guy who made Star Wars. Well, I asked him if he would come and visit. Then and say hello. Do you guys recognize hello. him? All right, so let, let's start going in to the actual video. We're going to play some clips. We're going to do like some best of, checking in. Yeah, like we said, it starts with Melody Hobson giving her very eloquent, very interesting story of her life, of growing up. Don't skip over it. Watch all of it. It's fascinating. It's wonderful. But yeah, at the 21-minute mark, after all that inspiring talk, literally out wanders George Lucas. His phone is in the pocket of this very large plaid shirt. We can't tell if he's wearing shorts or sweatpants. I think it's sweatpants. I, I spent a lot of time looking for knees, and I'm pretty sure they're like sweatpants or like really comfy khaki pants or something. Part of the beauty of this whole experience with George Lucas standing in the background of this video is he's standing through the whole thing. <laughs> For like 45 minutes, he's just standing there. He stumbles into Melody's office and sees a camera and knows, well, I got to go see what's going on. <laughs> well, I love the how Melody introduces him, too, as like a show and tell thing. Like, hey, look who I have here. Well, and I think it, it almost feels like it starts, too, as there's there's this unofficial competition between Melody and their previous speaker, Lewis, who uh, we find out later is Lewis Hamilton, who is, was the, is the first and I believe only uh, a black Formula One racer. She's like, I got to beat Lewis, who brought a, a Formula One steering wheel to show the kids. So she's going to bring out George Lucas. <laughs> but Lucas sounds like he was more impressed that there was a Formula One steering wheel. Yeah, I'm sure Lewis Hamilton just like showed, hey kids, look what I got. This is a this is my steering wheel. But Lucas stays there the whole time. We don't have the video, but I doubt his steering wheel was just standing in the background the whole time. <laughs> and completely taking over the conversation. Because yeah. yeah. as we're gonna get into, questions are asked by the kids, because they open it up, they open up the, the, the floor to, to the kids. 
I think about two kids get to ask questions and the rest of it is just Lucas talking, 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 talking. And it goes in some interesting directions. The best thing right off the bat, though, is some Lucas wisdom. And you can see how he ended up where he did in life. His wisdom is marry someone smarter than you. When they remind him this this is a call for 12-year-olds, he's like, well, this is for the boys. I was telling the kids, you know, <laughs> I, I saying, you know, Melanie You can ask Hobson, him anything you want. Ask oh, him anything you want. One of the secrets of life. All right, well, let me... Marry let me, somebody <laughs> smarter than you. The kids are 12 years old okay. that are on this... Their well, it's life. for the boys. <laughs> I was like, what, what are you saying that? I was like... What? What are you talking about? He's saying in his life, he married someone smarter than him, and it made him happy. We're we're both married too, and I would say my wife is infinitely smarter than I am. So that's <laughs> it is it's very true advice. So. Yeah, it is. We're following the Lucas the Lucas laws. That's how we do every day, every day. <laughs> so after that, uh, that wonderful advice he gives out, there's there's one moment where he reveals why the pocket of his giant plaid shirt he's wearing uh, seems so so bulging out, right? He has a huge pocket for the huge cell phone that he has, and I guess so he isn't distracted while he's standing there. He takes his cell phone out, puts it on the table. He doesn't have the big chair or the big gumball machine anymore, but he does have the big cell phone. Were you just, like, fascinated that, like, oh, my God, George Lucas has, like, a big smartphone? Like, what apps does he have on there? Maybe he just watches movies all day on it. So he got like John Knowles phone number on there. Is Ben Burt on there? Probably. Does he have like secret social media accounts? Is there like a secret George Lucas Instagram account? It's like the George Lucas selects they used to have on hyperspace, but it's just his personal Instagram account. If you find some Instagram account and it's just someone posting random frames from Attack of the Clones... (laughs) Like every once in a while, he goes over to to Moore Morrison's house just to take a picture for his secret Instagram. Maybe just somebody posting little short films on like the Instagram video thing, and those are his secret experimental films that he said nobody's gonna watch. Maybe he just takes great pleasure. It's like three people stumbled upon my Instagram reels. Yeah. So after all that, there's some uh, some wonderful advice he has uh, for the kids. And you start to get the a sense of where this whole thing is going to go because he's, he's, he's letting them know that there's going to be some rough years. So uh, well, Ms. Duncan. Let's ask George one question. George, you made Star Wars for 11-year-olds. They're 12. No, I made it for 12-year-olds. Oh, 12-year-olds. Sorry, 12-year-olds. They're 12. They're 12. So if you had any advice for them... 12-year-olds, from your perspective of Star Wars, what would you tell them? 12-year-old kids, black and Hispanic. There's a lot in there for 12-year-olds who are making that transition from being a child to being an adult. And 12 years old is when it happens. So you're going to get a few rough years here while you make that transition. Uh, and uh, then hopefully you'll go off into the world with a better attitude about what you're supposed to be doing. Well, it's 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 good advice mixed in with what we'll soon see is kind of the greatest hits of George Lucas interviews over the over the years too. Like his kind of he recaps his whole philosophy on life in Star Wars for these lucky or unlucky children, depending on your. <laughs> <laughs> point of view 
so after this wonderful George Lucas advice, uh, they they open it up to the kids, and uh, a student there, Zaida, asks a very real topic about uh, racial justice, the protests, systematic racism, and Melody gives a very eloquent, thoughtful answer, and then she tries to include, I feel like, George Lucas in the conversation, like, turns to him as like, well, George, you were, you were around in the 60s when these kind of things happened before. What do you have to say about this? And I was like, oh, yeah, this is fascinating. What does George Lucas have to say about, you know, systemic racism in America? Things derail pretty quickly. So that's the only way you can actually get uh, your voice out there to say, this is what we believe in. And of course, uh, it really has to do with when you're in a in a, in a situation where the, the government and the people uh, don't listen, you have to stand up and, and speak your piece. You have to not be afraid. Fear is the enemy. Fear is the dark side. If you're afraid, you're going to the dark side. Light side is compassion. As long as you love other people and treat them kindly, you won't be afraid. So, the secret is to just love everybody. And I know that sounds very 60s, but that's what I grew up in. All the people that she quoted um, and the main theme of Star Wars is that compassion is the good side, fear is the bad side. Well, the fun of this is you can kind of tell deep down in the middle of it all, it's kind of related to the question. And you'll see as this goes on that, Occasionally, Melody will kind of jump in and summarize Lucas's thoughts about how they do kind of relate to the question, but it's not immediately clear how the answer relates because, yeah, he starts talking about the 60s and it sounds like, okay, I kind of see where he's going. But then, yeah, it slides into Star Wars. It's really just about Star Wars and don't be afraid. I, I think I've had the same conversation with someone where I started out with good intentions, but eventually I'm talking about Star Wars. It's usually I stop myself in my head. It's like maybe maybe now is not the time to bring up Star Wars. It, Lucas can get a pass where he can go with it. But he, yeah, he keeps going. He doesn't stop. Because now we go all the way into the, the good side and the dark side. But he kind of brings it back to the question in a way where he kind of gets to, it's just love other people and you won't be afraid. You got to love everybody. Just like the sixties, be kind to people. I guess. I, is that, you know, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, he's, yeah, you know, I get it. It's a good, Hey, Hey, it's a good message. It is a good message. It's not really an answer to the question, but it's, you know, if everybody loved everybody and everyone was kind to people, we either wouldn't need protests or when there were protests, people would be respectful of each other and their protests. And I think that's what he's trying to get to in his George Lucas special way. I don't know if Zyda exactly wanted to hear about the light side and the dark side of the force when she was asking Melody Hobson this question. I think my favorite thing about this, though, is you always kind of thought, you know, we would only see George Lucas in in interviews and in press things and promotional things. And it's kind of like, okay, yeah, he's going to be talking about star Wars because that's what they're asking him about. But like in a regular day, is George Lucas just talking about, does he talk about star Wars like once a day? 
I was wondering that same thing. And, you know, maybe he's playing it up for the kids, but maybe this is just like, you know, he is Star Wars and maybe every day. Yeah, it's just like, well, this is just like that one time when Yoda did this. (laughs) I was was thinking that, too. It's kind of refreshing. It's surprising. (laughs) Because all this time I've thought, you know, he, he's retired, he wants to get away, probably it's the last thing he wants to talk about, but maybe not. <laughs> you know, because it's like, you know, he's going through his his normal kind of talking points he've talk, he's talked about in the past, but like, it does he's not like reciting his Star Wars script, like, you know, it's kind of off the cuff, so just running through his head every day, I guess. It's like the it's the thing that I know we have been part felt this where it's time there's times to talk about Star Wars with people and there's times to not and I know I've bit my tongue several times being like these people don't want to hear about Lauren Peterson and Ben Burt and how Ben Burt got the Ugnot song sounds you know they don't want to hear about the weasels in the bathtub that's only for special times. Special times and special people. So then our host guy, who I can't remember his name, he is talking directly to Lucas. And he's like, where did you get your wisdom? Where did this come from? Yeah. Well, what did, what did you learn when you were 12 years old to give you this wisdom? And then it's like, sit back, because the next 20, 25 minutes, here we go. Yeah. And of course, he transitions from what did you learn when you were 12 too. Well, I, I really, I learned it all in college. <laughs> in college, I got into anthropology and learning about societies. Uh, you can't really uh, have a society unless you have a common belief system. And then there are people who are very greedy or afraid. The thing about people who are greedy uh, is that they fear. Their, their whole soul is drenched in fear. And they're, first of all, they're afraid they're not going to get afraid. They're not going to get all the things they want, power, wealth, fame. The reality of nature and God and life is that things come and things go. They do not stay in your life. And you have to learn to accept the fact that it is a continuum that you're just a part of. And the things will be there and then they won't be there. So enjoy them and love them while they're there. And then be happy that they've gone someplace else. But it gets really kind of sweet after this because it it transitions back into the real world and you see a glimpse of their relationship and that he does talk about Star Wars all the time, but Melody kind of loves it. So beautiful. At Ariel, I had a colleague who, who told me they were leaving and I was so devastated, so devastated. And George looked at me and he said, well, first of all, Melody, there are over 300 million Americans. If you found her, there's another one. <laughs> Secondly, Jedi don't hold on. And he's like, and you're a Jedi master, so you don't hold on. And I just shifted. And when I sent her her note, goodbye and good luck and have a good life, my subject matter was Jedi don't hold on. I cannot hold on to you. And I learned that from George. Him calling her a Jedi master is just about the sweetest thing I have ever heard in my life. Like, I had to pause the video 
and just kind of reflect on that for a minute. Real life Anakin and Padme. If if your wife like if you did something really great, like re- meaningfully, like if if you guys had like a heart to heart talk, if she was like feeling something, and you you talked to her and she felt better afterwards, and she, afterwards she said you're a Jedi Master. I don't know, but my heart would be soaring. Well, and if you think about it too, really the only person who can really get away with that too is is George Lucas. Like anyone can call anyone a Jedi Master, but if George Lucas is calling you a Jedi Master, then that's that means something. So what you're saying is I'm like on the level of Qui Gon. <laughs> yeah. Is that? Yeah. I don't. I don't know about that. But like that's that's their that's their normal day. She's having a rough day, and he's you know he's listening to her talk about her day, and he's just trying to cheer her up. And you know you're a Jedi Master. She's like that's great. But then after you're feeling all good about this, the Jedi Master talk, then he makes this very interesting bird analogy. But the more you hold on, the more painful it is. And if you just let people go, as I say, if you hold on to a, if you have a bird in your hand and you hold it too tight because you don't want it to go, eventually you'll crush it. So the important part is to let it go and fly off and be on its own. It'll come back and uh, the love will be even stronger. (laughs) Well, he's still on, he's stuck on the greedy people don't let go and they're attached to everything and like when you have kids you want your kids to go to all these family functions and stuff you want your kids to call you but they're not gonna call you and he's like that's okay because you just gotta let them go imagine if your kids were a bird it's it's an interesting analogy but i get it makes sense if you grip too tight the star systems will just slip through your fingers (laughs) you know it's it, it all makes sense so after uh, yeah, after this bird analogy, things kind of shift to religion. Do, do you follow a particular faith, or did you come on these understandings uh, independently? It, 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 it's it's wonderfully update and lyrical, and and also deep and and feels ancient. Well, you got to remember, I'm from California. <laughs> I'm, I'm from San Francisco, <laughs> the Zen Buddhism capital of the United okay. States. But at the same time. Uh, in my study of anthropology, which is basically the study of different religions and different um, uh, ways of thinking of things, um, you know, my kids asked me, what are we? What, what am I? I said, well, we're Methodist Buddhists. Uh, <laughs> which, uh, and you discover in anthropology that, you know, um, there's, well, I, one way, which I said, which is when I was about, I don't know, seven years old, the age of my daughter. Uh, I asked my mother, "What if there's so many different religions? Why is there only one God?" And she couldn't answer that. But if there's only one God, you realize that the religions are a manifestation of man or woman. But the God is still there. It's just we don't know what it is or what it looks like or what it is. But the one thing it has constantly done and in all religions is god is love well we kind of get really some of the like deepest deep talk with lucas and melody kind of talking about their upbringing and their thoughts on god and religion and you do kind of i think see another aspect of kind of how they came together as a couple their belief in god but not necessarily in a specific religion and how they're both kind of a mix of 
different religions. But I like where Melody just gets really excited about how she wanted to meet the Dalai Lama. And she's like, well, George had already met him, but. We just call him up. <laughs> it's me. He's, he's just talking to the Dalai Lama about Qui-Gon. There was this chance cube and Qui-Gon. What do you think? Good or bad? Yeah. Yeah. So then we have Jeremiah. Jeremiah is in the seventh grade. And his question is, how does George Lucas think, think any of the fights for social justice will affect things in the Star Wars universe going forward? And here we go. This is where things get a bit off the rails a little bit. It starts with a very good, very appropriate question for this discussion. And this is my favorite part of the interview because it just kind of slowly builds into madness. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I mean, I've, I've kind of lost control of Star Wars, so it's going off in a different path than what I intended. But the first six are very much mine and my philosophy. And I think that philosophy uh, sort of goes beyond um, any particular time because it's based on history, it's based on philosophy, it's based, it's based on a lot of things. And, uh, you know, the, the, the first three basically tell you how a, a democracy turns into a dictatorship and you end up with a tyrant, the emperor. Uh, it's a very important now uh, where we are now in our political history. But then this leads him into kind of his recap of the prequels overcoming fear and Anakin stuff. But then he's like, there's no discrimination in star Wars, all the different alien species and races all get along with each other. There's only discrimination against robots. I purposely, all of the various colors and shapes of the aliens and everything that live in that world. Um, it's a normal situation. There's no real discrimination. The only discrimination is against robots. And we haven't really, uh, reached that period yet. And uh, I'm sure the robots will be able to overcome it uh, because they don't have the same feelings. Uh, I wish they would cut back to Jeremiah's face during all of this. <laughs> well, it's, what I love is I mean, he's 76 years old, but basically we're watching George Lucas morph into your grand, your grandfather. He's your grandpa now. And he showed up after, at Christmas dinner and he's just rambling through stories about the star Wars. We're all going to be there one day. <laughs> yeah. This is a good glimpse into the future when, yeah, we will all be this rambling through stories about the star Wars and not realizing that we weren't really in the star Wars, but we're still going to talk about them. Yeah. Then he, yeah. He goes on a surprising rant about Anakin here. It starts, yeah, really recapping the prequels for everyone. You know, the thing that brought that, and also the, the movies, you know, the, the uh, thing with Anakin is that he, he um, started out a great kid. He was very compassionate. Uh, and um, so the issue was, is how did he turn bad? And he went to the dark side by, uh, the, the Jedis are not supposed to have attachments. They can, they can love people, they can do it, but they can't attach. That's the problem when you get in the, uh, in the world of fear. Once you're attached to something, then you become afraid of losing it. And when you became afraid of losing it, 
then you turn to the dark side and you want to hold on to it. And that's what uh, Anakin's issue was ultimately, is he wanted to hold on to his wife, who he knew he had a premonition that she was going to die. He didn't know how to stop it. So he went to the dark side to find, in, in mythology and everything, they go to Hades and you talk to the devil and the devil says, this is what you do. And basically you sell your soul to the devil. And when you do that, then you're afraid and you're on the dark side and you fall off the, the, the golden path of compassion because you are greedy. You want to hold on to something that you love and he didn't do it. But yeah, this is when Melody at least jumps in and she's like, what are you trying to say, George? They're not of a time. So the thing about that is, George, you're saying with the, the movies, there's the time. It's not of a time, but yeah. the lessons are timeless, right? Yeah, they're timeless. Bless Melody. <laughs> really just trying to. She knows he's kind of going off the rails. He's talking about Anakin. He's talking about symbiotic relationships. He's talking about justice for robots. <laughs> Not really talking about Jeremiah's question. He did a little bit where he's just like, I've lost control. I don't, I don't know what's going on. But, but just as it started, you know, Melody pulls it back on topic. Lucas grabs the reins and shoots him into outer space because they're talking about the symbiotic relationships. And then he gets into, we only have one way to go forward. There's only two ways to survive, adapt or migrate. You know, we've got a lot of adapting to do, but we are trying to do it. But the other one is to migrate. And if you're living in a pond and the pond is drying up and you're going to uh, die with it, you have to learn to migrate to another pond. What we're trying to do now is to migrate to another planet. And you say, well, what's that going to do? Because the sun's going to go away pretty soon, well, a couple million years. And now we only have a couple million years to figure out how to get from our planets, which we will soon be on Mars and some of the other planets, to another galaxy, I mean, not another galaxy, I'm sorry, to another solar system. And that's a hard thing to do. Right now, it's completely impossible because you have to go faster than the speed of light. But unless we figure out how to do that, we're not going to survive because eventually this sun is going to go out, our planet's going to die, and everything with it. So you have to think long term. <laughs> so all these 12-year-old kids are just finding out that the sun is going to burn out, the earth's going to blow up, and we're all going to die. But don't worry, because microorganisms can live everywhere, like the wills. <laughs> you only allow the life forms that can go through, um, you know, can fly through space and survive on all kinds of strange worlds are microorganisms. They're everywhere, and there are trillions of them. They outnumber uh, humans, and even in, in your body, there's more microorganisms than there are human cells. So you got to say, and that's where the idea of the secret, that's where the idea of the wills come from. Literally, when I was watching this, I was just like, I just wanted to be like, George, George, they don't know what the wills are. George, I don't bring up the wills around normal people. People don't know the wills. George. <laughs> I've known my wife for 20 years. I've never talked to her about the wills. <laughs> I, I can count on my hand the number of people that I've spoken to the wills about. And I think mostly it's just one. And I'm talking to you right now. We, we talk about the wills all the time. You can go to Star Wars Celebration and you can be like, hey, what does everybody think about the wills? And everyone's going to be like, ha, yeah, I know. But you can't, you can't be talking to kids 
on a Zoom class about wills. But he's George Lucas. If anybody can, it's George Lucas. Yeah, he's like they create. They create the energy. They're the force. The force is life. It's like okay, but he made up that word. <laughs> it's a made up word. He went from a long rant about real hard science into it's just the wills. <laughs> Microorganisms are going to survive. You know, like the wills. You know, everybody knows what I'm talking. Yeah, they're living in your. They're living in your cells. Oh boy, yeah. <laughs> and if you think it can't get any crazier than that, because Melody does try to bring it back, she says, "What he's trying to say is we just we need to all get along. People need to fight for their rights." Well, then that's like right after the wills come up, where she's just like, "Whoa, whoa, 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 whoa!" What? What? Jeremiah was asking about real, real, real things, real world stuff, and you're George. You're talking about the wills. Yeah, Jeremiah asked about racial justice. <laughs> And you're talking about made-up microorganisms that live in cells <laughs> inside your body. But not to not get the last word in, Lucas drops the ultimate bomb. Well, I'd like to also say to Jeremiah that I have three sisters, and they used to call me Jeremiah. <laughs> that was their nickname for me. Why? I, never I have that. no idea where it came from. <laughs> <laughs> That's new information for me. <laughs> what? Star Wars, written and directed by Jeremiah Lucas. Oh, yeah. But I just love he's like, I have no idea why they called me that. And Melody's like, I've never heard this before. <laughs> George Lucas secrets. <laughs> Jeremiah Lucas. Where, when, where can we get directed by Jeremiah Lucas t-shirts in the blue, in the blue font? <laughs> Just just for the sisters. Yeah. yeah. This interview is incredible. It really is. Corey in the seventh grade, we move on, and he uh, he's asking uh, Melody about aerial investments and what that kind of means. And I think she's kind of happy to kind of reel it back in after all that Will's talk and kind of talk about what she does for a living every day. And what what a typical day in the life of Melody Hobson and George Lucas is like. What? Yeah, I, I was sitting there. Yeah, what what is a typical day in the life of George Lucas in 2020 or 2021 like? And what he he says he's a he spends his time being a, a hobby architect and he's working on the museum. Yeah, I'm sort of just uh, being a hobby archi- archi- uh, architect, building buildings, and at the same time. Uh, working on a museum, which is a museum of narrative art, which is a, uh, saying that ultimately art in the beginning and still uh, is tells a narrative of society. Yeah, and he kind of goes into his talking points and ideas of why he started the museum and how narrative art is important and comics and Norman Rockwell. And for him, all art is narrative. It's all telling a story. It's all representing the society that created the art, which is great. I want, I'm, I'm ready for the museum. It's too bad it's not in Chicago. <laughs> I still haven't gotten over that. When you got to hand it to Lucas, because like we, you know, we've done episodes about the Star Wars newspaper strips and George Lucas's fondness for comics, even back in the 70s. Some of the stuff he's saying here from just last October or whenever this was recorded is almost the exact same stuff he said back in the 70s. It's kind of a controversial idea, but 
I got it through anthropology and I believe in it. And so I'm building a museum that really uh, is based on the aspirations of a society. And everybody says, well, you know, you got comics in there, comic art. I said, that's what people believe in in the United States. And, and uh, uh, illustration, Norman Rockwell, um, Frida Kahlo, these are things that people believe in. And uh, so it sort of tells you a lot about a society. George Lucas, the director of American Graffiti and Star Wars, is a longtime dedicated fan of the comics. He collects the artist's original drawings of Prince Valiant and Flash Gordon. Basically, I, you know, my main interest in school and ever since has been cultural anthropology and uh, sociology and those uh, related social fields. And, and so my take on art is, is more culturally oriented. And I look at art as sort of a, as a, uh, as a way of judging a culture and understanding not really what it looked like or anything, but what the people were thinking and what the people were feeling and what was going on at a particular time. Uh, and uh, the comic book, comic books and comic art is, uh, is a really strong and uh, a very, a very close to the pulse of the culture kind of art. It's like you got to hand it to Lucas where he's always just been the person he is and you know he's he's slowed down he's not directing films anymore he's not you know running Lucasfilm and ILM and all the companies and everything but the core of who he is and what he finds interesting has never ever ever changed he was probably always walking into rooms and standing behind people while they gave interviews only before he would talk about american graffiti yeah, so the, it goes on a little bit. It kind of reels back in after that with uh, with Melody. Then before they sign off, they're they're kind of saying that they they got to kind of start to wrap it up. And Lucas wants to add one last thing. And it's pretty great because he ta- he's talking about how what he had a very wise mentor, and he starts talking about a quote from his mentor. And yeah, it's Joseph Campbell. I'd like to just say one thing that. Um, is important for 12-year-olds that I was taught. My me- I had a mentor who was a, a, uh, a very wise man, and he said, go through life and follow your bliss, which means follow what you enjoy. And that's what I did. My father wanted me to go work in a store that he owned uh, and become a merchant. I did not want to do that. And it was a big deal between us when I said, I'm going to go do something else. And um, I found by exploring through college and other things, what I love to do, which is to uh, ultimately I wanted to be an illustrator. Then I wanted to be an anthropologist. And then I went to film school on accident and basically found my bliss. I found the thing that I loved more than anything. You know, and it, it was, I think this ending part with him kind of giving his, his final advice it's really pretty wonderful. It is good advice, but it's what's funny is it's they asked Melody to wrap it up. And it's good advice. And then it just turns into, I got a house. It's a giant house. It's too big. <laughs> do whatever you want to do. If you enjoy it, you're you're halfway home. You don't have you will make money because you enjoy it. And that means you're good at it, and that means you'll make money. Yeah, you might not live in a giant place. Look, 
I've got a house. It's a giant house. It's too big. I never wanted a big giant house, but I got one now because I got the, I can afford it. But it's no different than a regular house. Yeah. Well, it's, it, it goes on like from one hand of like, just do what you love, love everyone, and you'll be happy with love. And then <laughs> what am I going to do with this big house? <laughs> if you think about it, though, like like you said, we've never seen him in too much stuff of just we just dropped in and started filming George Lucas in the middle of his house here. And he's just talking crazy. It's not like, yeah, like you said, he's not sitting down with Leonard Moulton and like, okay, now we're going to talk about Ewoks. It, it makes sense. Kind of the way he's just shifting tones, like in kind of like his star Wars movies. Like <laughs> it's the way he talks. Yes. Yeah, the way he is one minute, you're talking about something real serious. And then all of a sudden it's about the wills. And then it's, why do I have this big house? After watching this, this kind of felt like a good companion to the Carrie Fisher interview, where the Carrie Fisher interview was a formal, you know, in a chair at the ranch interview, but it was Carrie Fisher asking questions that no one else has ever asked of George Lucas. So you got that insight into him, where this is him talking about stuff you've heard him talk about before. But we've never seen him in this format of him just, yeah, basically just being in his house and walking into his wife's office and talking to some kids. Just middle of the day, wandering on through, got his phone in his pocket. Again, I'm so jealous of these kids. They're the smartest kids in the world. I want to be part of this virtual class so I can watch their speaker series. And I want to know if Jeremiah got his question answered and if he went on wikipedia and was searching up what the heck the wills are (laughs) that is true though jeremiah did start his question with i'm a big star wars fan jeremiah probably knows about the wills he was probably like yes (laughs) and and if you think about it if there was anything that you could run into george lucas right now and talk about i want to talk to him about the wills so (laughs) he's making dreams come true but all I can think about with this, too, is just, in a way, how insane this is. Because can you imagine, like, just some classic kids in the 80s? There's George Lucas talking to your class about Star Wars. Or some kid in, like, the 2000s. And it's like, oh, there's George Lucas talking to these your class about Star Wars. Like, it's kind of amazing that these kids got this. And it's even more amazing that we live now in the future where... This is just on YouTube, (laughs) and we can all experience it. We love Lucas. It's no secret. And if you love Lucas, you've got to love Melody Hobson. And it was just as fascinating to always find out what our friend George Lucas is up to as to yeah, learn so much more about Melody Hobson. When getting this little glimpse into their fascinating relationship... (laughs) You know, seeing them together and seeing how they react to each other. It's it's a beautiful thing. No se alarme, es tan solo un duelo con espadas láser. 
No tenga miedo, es tan solo la estrella mortal destruyendo otro mundo. Calma, es solamente una película y es para pura diversión. El director George Lucas y 20th Century Fox presentan Star Wars, la guerra de las galaxias. And these last points, too accurate for sand people. Only Imperial stormtroopers are so precise. with Apple Podcast Reviews when you're done listening to this episode. Go over there. If you listen on something Apple, write a little something nice, and it helps the show in weird ways. Move up those uh, Apple Podcast charts when people search for Star Wars, and we love reading your reviews. And in an episode coming up, we're going to get caught up and read a bunch of the stuff you cool folks have written for us. And after that, check out our website, BlastPointsPodcast.com, where you can use the handy search feature to find any back episodes that you're looking for. And after that, make sure you're following us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. And if you're on Facebook, make sure you're in the Super Chill Group, home of Jedi Club, I believe may be coming back. Yeah, on Saturday, April 3rd. We're going to be having a watch-along party for the Ewok Adventure Caravan of Courage over on our Facebook group. So look that up on there. Join us on Saturday, April 3rd for our our group watch-along for the wonderful Ewok Adventure. Finally on Disney+. Plus. It's a a miracle. (laughs) And if you want to support the show in a different way, we've got the Blast Points Army on Patreon where we've got tons of bonus episodes, Mandalorian Season 1 and 2 review episodes, and I think just like, what, next weekend, we should have our next installment where we are talking about 10-minute chunks of the classic Episode 1 making of documentary, The Beginning. So the episode on minutes 10 through 20 will be coming very soon, and it might just have a special guest joining us for that one. But that about wraps up number 259 here. George Lucas, Melody Hobson, East Harlem School at Exodus House video. It's an instant classic. It's a piece of George Lucas history. It's Star Wars in the real world. It's the real world in Star Wars. It's a love story. It's educational. It's got heart. It's got the wills. It's got it all. <laughs> so on that note, thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. Next week, Indie Year is back. Look forward to that. Bye-bye. May the Force be with you. Goodbye, old friend. May the Force be with you.
much for having us. Good luck and um, have a good life. There's a lot yeah. ahead of you. Be persistent. Don't let anybody put you down. Lots of love. May the force be with all of you.